Hello again, and thanks for listening to this episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis, your movie trivia and discussion podcast. Please like the Facebook page, and you can leave your comments or questions there as well at facebook.com slash screenfacts. You can also tweet me at Jason Davis Voice or email screenfacts at yahoo.com. Please rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes to automatically get new episodes every Wednesday. Well, we are in week three of Hughes-a-Palooza, celebrating the movies of John Hughes, and I'm very happy to be joined once again by my wonderful wife, Sue. Yay! Thanks, honey! <laughs> Two weeks in a row? Does that make it a Sue's-a-Palooza, too? It's a Sue's-a-Hughes-a-Palooza. Oh, my. Cool. So originally, for this week, you and I were going to talk about The Great Outdoors. Yes. Which is a fun movie. Yes. Dan Aykroyd, John mm-hmm. Candy. Mm-hmm. And then we started thinking about it. We're like, you know, it's a good movie, but is it podcast worthy? Is it one of John Hughes' best movies to celebrate him during this Hughes-a-Palooza month? And we decided that it wasn't. (laughs) So we switched gears and we went to a different John Candy movie and probably one of John Hughes' best films ever, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh We were originally going to save Planes, Trains, and Automobiles uh, to do around Thanksgiving time, but we figured, why wait? Because it's a great movie and... What better way to celebrate John Hughes than with some of his best movies? So. Absolutely. So Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, written, directed, and produced by John Hughes. Triple threat. Hughes said in an interview that he was inspired to write the film's story after an actual flight from New York to Chicago that he was on was diverted to Wichita, Kansas, thus taking him five days to get home. So this is based on a true story. <laughs> sort I had of. Sort no of. No idea. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he, d- he didn't meet Del Griffith and, and have all these madcap things happen to him, but it took him three days to write the first draft of the screenplay. He actually was a quick writer back in the mm-hmm. day. He, he wrote most of his screenplays, on average, about three to five days with some 20 rewrites. Wow. Okay. Great writer. I always liked about him is he writes the way that people actually talk. Yes. You know, so the conversations really seem real. Yes. They don't seem scripted. Yeah, I agree. He was very much tapped into the real human experience. Yeah. So the film was originally released November 25th, 1987. Of course, it stars Steve Martin and John Candy. And actually, there's a lot of sort of cameos in this movie as well. Mm-hmm. Kevin Bacon has a great one. Love that. Yep. Ben Stein. Oh, right. He comes back as well. And yep. Lyman Ward, who played the father in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, yep. uh, also has a cameo. And Edie McClurg. E- so, so oh, I love her. Three people from Ferris Bueller's Day Off uh, make an appearance in this. And, then, and Kevin Bacon was in another John Hughes movie, She's Having a Baby. So the movie was filmed March 2nd through July 8th, 1987, domestic gross of $49.5 million. So after we watched the movie, I was kind of struck by how great of an actor John Candy was. Oh, I know. No, I know. Not just the comedy. No, you know? I mean, you forget. You know, you, you we're so used to seeing John Candy playing these sort of light comedy roles, and you don't really think of him as an actor so much as a funny man. Right. And then you go, wow, there was a lot of emotional depth to his role in this movie. Mm-hmm, absolutely. When um, Steve Martin goes off on him in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. And whenever they showed John Candy's face, it was, I found it heartbreaking. Like, I'd be laughing yeah. at what Steve Martin was saying, but then I'd look at John Candy's face and I would stop laughing because I felt bad for him. Then Steve, and they'd show Steve Martin again and I'd start laughing again. You can tell he knows he's, you know, he's done it again and, you know... Yeah. And when he says, and I like me, you're yeah. sitting there going, yeah. And, and my wife likes me. Yeah. And that scene, is, is that is a great dichotomy of a scene, too, mm-hmm. because, you know, you want to laugh at Steve Martin mm-hmm. because it's it's a funny rant. Yeah. He could tolerate any insurance seminar <laughs> and sit there for days <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> rather than listen yeah. to Del Griffith talk. Mm-hmm. Here's a gun. You're going to thank me for it later kind right. of thing. Oh. 
And the chatty and Kathy. The, thing. the chatty Kathy with the uh, 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 with the <laughs> string. pulling the string, yeah. Aww. But yeah, I mean, it, it's a really funny rant. Mm-hmm. And we probably all know somebody that we've come across in our life that we felt the same way about. Oh my gosh, yeah. Just, they never shut up yeah. and they never have a, a point. Yeah. For all I know, you may be thinking that about me right now. <laughs> no <laughs> but, way. But yeah, you're right. They show, and when they show John Candy, you know, you really, you feel bad for yeah. him. Yeah. You know, because he seems like he's a really genuine guy. Yeah. And Neil Page, Steve Martin's character, is such a, as he calls him, a cynic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's a great scene. Yeah. I mean, Steve Martin actually, I mean, the the character Neil, I think it's, is it on the airplane the first time when Dell's talking to him and Steve Martin's like, I'm not really much of a conversationalist. Yeah. And there's a lot of times that, you know, I can relate to that because I'm perfectly comfortable sitting in a room silently, mm-hmm. just listening and observing and not contributing to a conversation. And then when I someone tries to pull me in, I'm like, oh, you know, I really don't want to talk. <laughs> you know, it really depends on the situation. If you're in a social setting with a group of people and, you know, the idea is that you're meeting somebody new mm-hmm. and you want to kind of expand your horizons a little bit socially. Right. Yeah, you want to engage in conversation. Yeah. But probably all of us have been online at the grocery store. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And just randomly, somebody will say, oh, can you believe this story on the cover of The Inquirer? Oh, yeah. And then it starts into a conversation. And all of a sudden you go, oh, my God, are we still going here? Yeah. You know, not because you're a snob. Right. Right. And you pick up another magazine you don't even like and you pretend to read it. (laughs) It's like, what, are we girlfriends? (laughs) Yeah, sometimes, yeah. I'll certainly talk to somebody if they engage in a conversation sure, yeah, with me like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes it's it's nice, you know, you agree and you have fun talking about yeah. it. But at some point, you reach a point where you're like, okay, we're done here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One of you realizes that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but yeah, that's definitely an interesting character flaw that Del Griffith has in the movie. But he's such a likable guy. And, yeah. and it's John Candy. I know. You I gotta know. love him. And then he's got that perm. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> and the mustache. And the mustache. Oh. Yeah. A great scene uh, early on is they're in the airport. After the flight gets delayed. Oh, right. They're waiting in the chairs. They're waiting so, in the like, chairs, facing right. Facing each other. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Neil says, I hailed a cab on Park Avenue this afternoon, and before I can get in it, you stole it. Yeah. Yeah. And Dell's like, I, I've never stolen anything in my life. And then right, he goes, oh, right. wait, come to think of it, it was pretty easy to get a cab during rush hour. <laughs> it's like, forget it. And he goes, oh, I can't forget it. I feel really bad. Let me make it up to you. Right, How about right. a nice hot dog and a beer? No, thanks. <laughs> Just a hot dog then. <laughs> I'm kind of picky about what I eat. Some coffee? No. Milk? No. Soda? No. Tea? And, he's, and he goes on a whole list of things. Lifesavers. Lifesavers, Slurpee. He's, it's like he's he's such a, an accommodating guy. He's yeah. really trying to make it up mm-hmm, to him. Mm-hmm. Totally the opposite of the character that Steve Martin plays. Right, right. And uh, I also think it's cool as they're traveling along, mm-hmm. Dell says, oh, I have a friend at, you know, right. the airlines. Oh, I have a friend here. I have a friend there. But he does because, yeah. you know, he makes friends everywhere he goes. He's yeah, he's such like, a gregarious guy. He's just like the mayor of the world. Totally. You know, totally. You know, and the people seem to <laughs> like him. Like when they go to that hotel uh-huh. and it's Gus, Gus yeah. I think. Yeah. You know, and is like, oh, hey, hi, how Tell are you? Tell Griffith, how yeah. the hell are you? Well, I'm a million bucks shy of being a millionaire. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, Del Griffith, uh, American Light and Fixture Sales Director, Shower Curtain Ring Division. That's right. <laughs> and boy, he can even split them into pairs and sell them as earrings. That's, That's right. how good he is. He's a great salesman because yeah. he's got such a great personality. Yeah. And, and uh, to think that you can make a living selling shower curtain rings <laughs> only in a John Hughes film, I guess. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But this is, is such a great movie. It's heartwarming. It's funny. Mm-hmm. It's sad. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, assuming everybody listening has seen the movie. Right. 
the first time I saw this movie, I remember feeling like I got sucker punched like Del Griffith. Yeah. When they reveal that he's homeless. Yeah. You know, that he his wife is dead, mm-hmm. who he loved so much, and he has nowhere to go. And you, and you go, oh my God, this guy's literally just traveling from place to place with that gigantic oh, trunk, trunk with his whole life in there, I assume. Yeah. And it's so sad, you know? Mm-hmm. But then when you watch it again and you know that, then you kind of see little clues. Yeah. You know, and that's cool, too. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like watching The Sixth Sense. Yeah. You know, the second time or multiple Mm -hmm. times later Mm -hmm. where you start to go, oh, now it makes sense. Oh, that's why he gives him that look. Yes. Yes. Only on the Screen Facts podcast will we compare a John Hughes film to M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, another thing I just thought about, too, and this is completely disconnected from what we were just talking about. This movie ends, mm-hmm. the very final thing you see before the mm-hmm. credits start rolling is a nice freeze frame on John Candy's face. Yeah. Isn't that how Uncle Buck ended too? Oh. Right? Did it? Yeah. Like the, with a smiling <laughs> buck. Yeah, yeah. He just had that face. Mm-hmm. That face that you love and you trust and you, and you just feel like he's mm-hmm. my best friend. Yeah, you can have a good time with them, but yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. There may be some mishaps along the way. You might light your car on fire, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> That's a great scene, too, when, when he's gr- he grabs him by the park and he's shaking him. <laughs> this is another one of those great 80s movies that when you watch it, you're reminded of how different things are nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Communication-wise. Mm-hmm. If you want to call home when you're stuck out on the road somewhere, mm-hmm. you got to pick up a payphone and hold it an inch away from oh, your ear. Oh, my gosh. The line for the payphone. Yeah, the line for the yeah, payphone. Yeah, because there's only so many payphones. Yep. That you can't just... book a hotel room online really quick from your smartphone. You yeah. can't just call AAA. Right. Wait by the side of the road. Yep. I mean, I was thinking that as we were watching. I'm like, I wonder if that actually could happen today. I mean, I could see your flight being diverted, mm-hmm. but I think you'd get out of it a whole lot easier nowadays. Oh, nowadays you certainly could could figure something out, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Plus, there's probably more hotels, you know, everywhere in the yeah, world. Yeah, that's so. true. Smoking in restaurants and on oh, planes. yeah. Cigars and cigarettes. When they first get to the hotel room, they do the pan around the room and it's like the double bed and it's really tiny. But just everything that happens in that hotel room initially, when he takes a shower, the water goes off and Dell has used every towel except for the little washcloth. washcloth. And when he takes both ends of it and he's trying to dry his back. Yeah. It's great. Oh, oh and the whole floor is wet. Oh, when yeah. he puts his toes in it, we oh. all went, oh. So gross. So, like, Dell is this sweet guy, but what a slob. What a slob. And then he's eating Cracker Jacks and he's this Cracker Jacks all over the bed. They're stuck to him. Yeah, totally. Oh, and his pajamas. I love his pajamas. (laughs) So cute. And then, of course, they wake up the next morning. Oh, yeah, they're spooning. Yeah, why did you just kiss me on the ear? Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows! Oh, that was a great Bears game. Oh, yeah, some game, some game. Neil goes into the bathroom to, you know, splash some water on his face. And, and then he looks down. He realizes that Dell's socks oh, are in the yeah. in the sink. Yeah. And Dell shouts out, hey, Neil, if you're going to brush your teeth, just, you know, take my socks out of there. Yeah. He goes, if it's it's standard procedure. Right, of course. You know, of course. Exactly. And then he's like, he goes, oh. And he oh. goes to dry his face and he realizes he's drying it with Dell's tidy whities and they're enormous. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just one thing after another. Yeah, yeah. It's so, so well written, this movie. The scenes are well written and the dialogue, it's so, mm-hmm. so great. Mm-hmm. Can't say enough good things about John Hughes. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then the performances in this movie are phenomenal. I mean, Steve Martin, even when he runs, he's funny. Yeah. He doesn't even have to say a word. Just the way he runs, 
is great. Yep. When he's trying to chase down the cab or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's got, you know, his hands are full. So he's kind of like swinging them around all crazy. Yep. And then <laughs> later on when he's hiking back from, he gets dropped off where oh, yeah. his rent-a-car should be. Right. And he ends up having to hike back. And it turns out it's like three miles yeah. back to the office. The shuttle bus just leaves him there. Oh and, my God. you know, he's carrying his stuff and you see they show his shoes, which are like these nice like alligator shoes. Yeah. And they're like shredded. They're totally And they're decimated. squishing and wet and everything. Yeah. And doesn't, is that when um, his hat goes off his head and the, like the other car yeah. runs it over? Yep. Steve Martin was convinced to join the movie after reading the script. There were two scenes in particular that got his attention and said, mm-hmm. oh, this is going to be a lot of fun to do. Yeah. Uh, one of them is the seat adjustment scene in the car where, oh. where um, John Candy keeps adjusting the seat because he has a bad back. <laughs> And he's trying to get comfortable. <laughs> How does he get it to move from side to side? That's what I, I don't want know. to know. It's That's a... so awesome. <laughs> and then, of course, the other great scene is that Steve Martin has with Edie McClurg. She's the marathon car rental clerk. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's who's... just an F word tirade. Yeah. The word fucking is said 18 times. Wow. In, yep. in that scene. Yep. And I love how when he first starts on her, she just yeah. kind of like is blinking at him. Right. You know, and then she says, sir, I really don't care for the way you're talking to me. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So great. Well, the whole thing before she even addresses him, she's on the phone oh, with right. like a, a, right, a relative, or somebody. Someone, yeah, talking about yeah. making the ambrosia. Yeah, for and Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> gobble gobble. <laughs> yeah, she's so funny and so over the top in that ca- that kind of the character. Yeah. The scene with her and, and Steve Martin is only a minute long. Oh, <laughs> and it's so funny because you know the F word flies so many times in that amount of time. Wow, it's, yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. That's a, an amazing scene in the movie. Yeah, so funny. Yep. And then you start to wonder, why would you throw away the rental agreement? I know. Well, you know? he has it, like, that's with all the stuff he's carrying. Well, he, and it's in his hand, and he ends up, like, just shaking yeah. it out of his hands or something, doesn't he? He throws it down in disgust yeah, when, when he yeah. realizes that, that he can't catch the shuttle bus back. Right, right. But still. you I mean, got to keep your paperwork. Of course. Of course. <laughs> so no transportation company wanted to appear inept or deficient in any way. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so... The film's crew had to rent 20 miles of train track and refurbish old railroad cars, construct mm-hmm. a set that looked like an airline terminal, design a rent-a-car company logo and uniforms, wow. and rent 250 cars for the infamous scene that we just spoke of, the rent-a-car sequence. Wow. And that makes sense. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember for years and years, and maybe even still after Rain Man, everybody made fun of Kmart. Kmart sucks was a big thing in that. Oh, right, right. So yeah, I mean, why would you want to be associated with horrible right. service? or? right train breaking down or whatever right well the plane's really not inept it's the weather yeah yeah and then the airline was really couldn't do any more to accommodate them i guess except, yeah. you know get them out the next day or you know as soon as the weather clears there's a, a quick exterior shot of the plane that neil and del are on <laughs> that's <familiar>. actually <laughs> totally it's it's actually recycled footage of the 707 flying through the storm in the movie airplane nice which we discussed in episode 15 of this very podcast. That was a great podcast. I thought so, too. Your guest was awesome. You were. (laughs) So, yeah, definitely go back and check that out, too. Lord knows you've probably enjoyed Airplane as much as we have uh, many times. Mm -hmm. So check that out. The exterior of the rental car that Dell actually gets. Using Neil's credit card. Using Neil's credit card. (laughs) Was actually designed to look like the family truckster from another John Hughes movie. National Lampoon's Vacation, the truckster that the Griswolds drive to Wally World. That was another great podcast. Episode 17 from last August. And Your you guest, know what? Wow. She was good. You were really good. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Just terrible. <laughs> well, I wanted to just mention also about the rental car, how I liked the general destruction of it. 
<laughs> like it starts oh, yeah. off by like the hubcaps roll, rolls away. Yeah, first the hubcap rolls off when he's you know driving haphazardly while he's uh, doing the mess around. Oh, them doing the mess around. Yeah, yeah. Charles tune. And then with the fire, they end up just sitting on the trunk and watching the car burn. <laughs> but then they're driving it. I mean, it's got yeah. the roof has been burned away. Well, don't forget about when they're driving on the wrong side of the highway and they go between the two tractor trailers. Oh, right, and, and that, the mirrors they, it get taken off, off the mirrors and they turn into skeletons on the screen for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So that way later when Michael McKeon pulls him over. Mm-hmm. You Another know, great he, cameo, yeah, by exactly. the way. Exactly. Do you know how fast you were going? Well, no, officer. The speedometer is melted. <laughs> <laughs> you think this thing is, you know, just, you safe, know for, uh, highway safe for highway travel? <laughs> well, you know, it may not look like much. But it'll get you it'll where get you're you going. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> Neil's house is another thing that we see a couple of times mm-hmm. um, during the movie. I assumed they were filming inside a house because they show the exterior. And didn't we all say, hey, that looks like the house from Home Alone? The inside was actually a set built from scratch. Wow. And it consisted of seven rooms and it took five months to complete. It ended up costing $100,000, which didn't sit well with Paramount executives. And it ended up causing some friction on the set. I believe it would, yeah. Yeah. It looks so cool. Yeah, I mean, it's such a beautiful set. It's amazing how real it looks. But yeah, the exterior does look a lot like the house from Home Alone, but it's funny because that house... And the house in Uncle Buck mm-hmm. and this house, they all kind of look the same, but there's there's little differences. Yeah, yeah. The house from 16 Candles. I mean, all the John Hughes movies, the exterior shots are probably all done in, in roughly the same neighborhood, you know? Yeah, probably. So the houses are probably all pretty similar. John Hughes, you know, it's funny. You don't think of a movie like this being that big of an undertaking because it's sort of a light comedy for the most yeah, part. But it's... You know, it's not like a big epic movie like a Star Wars or something okay. like that, right? Mm-hmm. But John Hughes shot over 600,000 feet of film. Now, if you're going, well, what does that mean to the layman? Well, that's almost twice the industry average. Okay. There's a rumored three-hour version of the film that exists. Wow. Hughes at one point said that uh, it's kind of a mess of footage that would take months, maybe even years, to make it to an actual movie. Mm-hmm. Paramount has it in their vault, and by now, it's probably gone. You know, oh, it probably deteriorated. So well, yeah, it kind of would be cool to be able to watch stuff that you've never seen before mm-hmm. with John Candy and... And that sort of thing. But at the same time, is it really going to enhance your viewing experience? No. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they get the point across of everywhere they've been. I could see why it's that much, though, because, I mean, there's there's the airport, the airplane itself. Oh, yeah. You know, all the train situations, the cars, the the bus. Oh, the bus ride where they're (laughs) where they're. (laughs) <laughs> they're riding along and they're singing and then Steve Martin's like, oh, I got one, three coins in the fountain. <laughs> Everyone looks at him like he's got lobsters crawling out of his ears, you know, because he's like, you know, this, I don't know, high class guy. He doesn't even know all the words. <laughs> and then they end up singing Flintstones, meet the Flintstones. Which is an interesting throwback to what we talked about in the Uncle Buck podcast. Oh. That uh, John Candy was one of the actors being considered to play Fred Flintstone in the live action Flintstones. And that was his favorite cartoon. So so it's kind of cool that he uh, (laughs) he brought that into this movie. Yeah, it was great. So they're in the bus station. Dale says to Neil, you're in a really bad mood, aren't Mm. you? He goes, yeah. He goes, have you ever traveled by bus before? And he says, no. And Dale says, I don't think your mood's going to improve very much. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's funny. And when they're sitting on the bench, and this was something I'd never noticed before we watched to prepare for the podcast. Uh There's a guy that looks like a prospector sitting next to him on the bench, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's got a shoebox with yep. mice coming out of it. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. the hell is that all about? You know, I actually found out that John Hughes said that he put that in 
just for that kind of a moment. He said, it doesn't mean anything. It's just a funny thing. And that way, when people have watched the movie a few times, they'll look at it and go, hey. That's hilarious. Yeah. So it makes absolutely no sense. And, and the funny thing is, the two characters, Dell and Neil, are sitting there. Wouldn't you be a little freaked out by mm-hmm. some dude sitting there with a box full of mice? You'd think at least Neil would. You, you'd think that they would react in some way. Yeah. Nothing. No, nothing. It's no. hilarious. No. So funny. <laughs> One of Neil's kids is played by Matthew Lawrence. It was his feature film debut. He was on TV's Give Me a Break, but also he went on to play Robin Williams' son in Mrs. Doubtfire. That's the kid with the bowl cut, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah when, uh, <laughs> when the mom yeah. says to the little girl, uh, she asks, is Grandpa going to give me noogies? And, and of course he's going to give you noogies. That's how he shows you he loves you. Matthew Lawrence says, yeah. well, he never gives me noogies. Gives me, well, he gives you Indian burns. Indian burns. But I prefer noogies. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't? Yeah, right. <laughs> Indian burns. Oh, my gosh. How dare they say such a thing? Oh, wait. It was the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Native American burns. <laughs> a lot of the highway scenes were filmed on a stretch of highway that runs between Buffalo and Springville, New York. Okay. It's currently U.S. 219. Oh, okay. okay. But at the time, it was unopened. Oh, all right. That, that's probably Perfect. very convenient yeah. for filming, mm-hmm. certainly. But the scenes at night on the highway were actually filmed in Central California. Which is interesting <laughs> because this is supposed to take place in the Midwest during like a cold winter. Yeah, I mean, they're bundled up in their parkas and hats and everything. But fake snow was applied to the sides of the roads to make it appear as a Midwest winter. Pretty cool. A little movie magic for you. <laughs> <laughs> and the train station where Neil and Dell buy the tickets for their train ride that goes awry, (laughs) Uh, was actually also used in the Robert Redford film The Natural in 1984. Ah, Uh, It's located in South Dayton, New York. That's another great movie, by the way. Yeah. The uh, train used in the movie sits dormant at a small rural station in the western New York town of Gowanda. Ah. The contract logos are still on the engines and cars. It's (laughs) remained unused since the making of the film. There's also a, a cool little nod to the Blues Brothers in this movie. Yet another movie we've talked about on the podcast Mm -hmm, uh, I did mm -hmm. with Gabe. Um, There's a road sign that says Chicago 106 miles, and that's um, a reference to a line in the Blues Brothers. It's 106 miles to Chicago. Oh, yeah. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I may have have misquoted a little bit, but something like that. You know, I didn't even think about that because that I noticed the sign because that's when the car is on fire. And then you look and you know you see the sign. And I actually didn't make the connection. I was thinking, oh, wow, that shows how far they have to go still. <laughs> you know, it's like, man, they're nowhere near home and their car is on fire. <laughs> Hello, he punches him in the stomach. And then like the next scene, he goes, you shouldn't punch a guy in the gut when he's not ready. That's how Houdini died. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> So many, so many great quotable things in this mm-hmm. movie. It's just yep. one after another, and you really feel sorry for the characters. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that you really like too is like all the little uh, Dellisms. Oh my gosh, we'll have more luck playing pickup sticks with our butt cheeks than we will getting a flight out of here before daybreak. <laughs> you know, more of a chance of finding a three-legged ballerina in a hotel room. <laughs> yeah, and you know what really grinds my gears <laughs> when some chowderhead doesn't know when to keep his. Uh, Mouth shut or whatever. <laughs> Grinds my gears. I mean, just you think of like all the funny stuff with like the uh, him taking his shoes off on the plane and, oh, and his I socks know. and rubbing and, his feet. And uh, the shoe comes off and he's like, oh. Uh, uh. And then the sock. Oh. Uh, what that must smell like. <laughs> oh. Steve Martin calls him out on it later. I don't oh, totally. want to smell your foot odor. Right. 
I'm sorry you're so perfect and don't have any uh, smell. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no odors. <laughs> There's a, a funny Easter egg, too, at the end of the credits. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, at the end of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, when after the credits are done, Ferris comes back on and goes, you're still here? It's over. Yeah, Go yeah. home. Go home. At the end of this movie, after the credits, the ad executive who actually made Neil oh, right. late getting to the airport, although it didn't matter anyway because yeah. he, he the flight was, it was delayed. delayed right. They show him again, mm-hmm. still looking over the uh, the samples, the layout. The layout. Yeah. And the funny thing is, there's a full Thanksgiving meal to oh, his yeah. right. He's got a whole turkey, like a whole turkey and stuffing pie. and everything. Oh, that's what I remember thinking nowadays as opposed to the 80s. Sure, they would have the meeting via Skype or something like that, and then they would send the samples digitally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another funny scene that, that just came to mind when um, Neil's at the airport. I think it's after the whole rent-a-car thing. Mm-hmm. He goes, uh, I'm trying to find, get a cab to, to Chicago, and the guy goes, the cab jockey or whatever, is like, yeah. you realize you're in St. Louis. <laughs> And he, and he says, if I wanted a joke, I would have followed you into the urinal or something like that. <laughs> right, to watch you pee. And the guy punches him in the face. Yeah. And he goes down and, and uh, Dell pulls up right at that moment. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you insensitive asshole. <laughs> and, uh, and he goes, why don't you help this man up? And he goes, gladly. And he grabs him right by his crotch and picks him up. <laughs> and Dell in the next scene is like, never seen a man get picked up by his testicles before. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Oh, man. I just love the chemistry between yep. them. Great chemistry. You know, and they start off, you know, they have the that random interaction at the taxi. Right. Then they bump into each other waiting for the plane. Then they're <laughs> next to each other on the plane and John Candy's sleeping on his shoulder. <laughs> and they really get to know each other so well. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not even a long time that they're yeah. together. But the, the situations are so intense. You don't know what it's like until you share a double bed with a complete stranger. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can imagine who's, you know, coated in Cracker Jacks and has his right. hand between your pillows. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Well, uh, don't wait till Thanksgiving to watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles No, again. definitely not. We have proven by watching it for this podcast that it can be enjoyed year-round. Absolutely. It's terrific. Great movie, great performances, mm-hmm. great chemistry with Steve Martin and John mm-hmm. Candy, and, and of course, another stellar effort from John Hughes. Definitely. Well, I don't have anything else. You? No, not a thing. All right. Well, thanks for doing the podcast with me again. Well, thanks for having me back, Kenny. Always fun to do this with you. It's great. Well, thanks again for listening, and thanks to our announcer, Kim. You can check out her other work at kymsvoice.com. Thanks to our friends at WickedRadioNetwork.com, another place where you can stream this podcast. And please don't forget to like the Facebook page. It's Facebook.com slash ScreenFacts. And if you have any questions or comments, please leave them there. Screen Facts with Jason Davis is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Visit JasonDavisVoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, narration, promo, internet video, e-learning or training program, and more. Click on the podcast page to get information about where you can download and listen to past episodes. Listen again next Wednesday for a new episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis.